0: Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and here's what you need to know about mobile apps and games for this week. Have you switched to Notion yet? Well, I have. When it comes to team collaboration, there are a whole bunch of options, but I'd only call a handful true competitors. Google Docs is, of course, the leader of the group. But over the last few years, Notion joined the group and is quickly growing. Its fairly unbounded design makes it useful for lots of different purposes, from keeping video scripts, like this one, organized to running an entire company. Notion started in 2020 with fewer downloads than one of the first apps to go into the app store back when real-time collaboration wasn't even a thing. That app is Evernote. Do you remember that? And I selected it partially for the nostalgia, but also because it was, in my opinion, what created the market Notion is now trying to take over. Might be a little bit of a stretch, I know, but I think that's really what it is. And if they had paid attention to the trends, Evernote could have been the collaboration hub. But this insight isn't about Evernote. It's about Notion, which saw massive growth in 2022. And when I say massive, I mean monthly downloads peaked at 1.7 million in August. That was by far Notion's best month of downloads. And while downloads returned to normal shortly after, the app still saw its best normal downloads continue to rise. Notion ended 2022 with 11.6 million new downloads, according to our estimates. That's 30% higher than the downloads in 2021 and a whopping 157% higher than downloads in 2020. As an early user, I can say that the downloads are well-deserved. When I first tried Notion all the way back when it was in V1 and it was beta a whole bunch of years ago, it just wasn't a great product. It felt like it was just made for developers and not the good kind of for developers by developers. It just wasn't ready for the mainstream. And that's no longer the case. As an active user now, I hope this growth will lead to even more evolution. If you're also on Team Notion, take a second and give the episode a like, thanks. For our second insight, let's look at a hot topic. The job market is in a very strange place right now. On the one hand, lots of people are moving around now that work from home has become a reality for many, many, while others are scrambling to find a new job after being laid off. While there are a whole bunch of apps that'll help you find a job these days, Only one is the clear winner. And that clear winner grew even more in 2022. Enough to say, game over to the (laughs) others, I think. The clear winner is Indeed, which has evolved quite a lot in the last few years. I compare the downloads of Indeed with those of ZipRecruiter, which is the top search result for job search in the App Store right now, and Monster, the most popular name in job search in the old days. Let's start at the end to build suspense. At the bottom of the list, we have Monster. I wasn't really surprised to see it there after seeing it's not ranking very well in search results. What did surprise me were the numbers. Monster saw just 453,000 new downloads in 2022. Nearly half a million downloads isn't a small number, but when you see the other two apps, you'll understand why I say just, just. It also didn't grow much. While it did grow when compared to 2021, 2020 had more downloads than 2022. That wasn't the case for ZipRecruiter, which came in second place with 2.7 million downloads in 2022, according to our estimates. So now we're talking real numbers. But both of those, even if combined, pale in comparison to Indeed, which welcomed 17 million new users in 2022. 17 million. I don't need to calculate the percentage difference for you to see how much bigger that number is. Just bigger. But that's not all. When looking at growth, Indeed's downloads exploded in 2022, up 80% year over year. The only other job search app that saw impressive growth in 2022 is LinkedIn, which is more than just a job search app, so I didn't include it in this comparison, but Indeed had more downloads than LinkedIn. Like most other things, job search has moved in-app and Indeed is providing an experience that's just not that easy to beat. Everyone is using it, and that's good to know if you're an employer like us, we're hiring. Or if you're looking to get hired, then we're hiring. If you want to come join my team, we have a whole bunch of positions. Check out the description for more details. On to games. Earlier this week, EA Games announced its decision to cancel Apex Legends Mobile, a game it released less than a year ago to much fanfare. The title had a solid release in terms of revenue, which I covered here. And according to EA, the cancellation was a result of not being able to ship updates at the right cadence, but Apex Legends, which Apple chose as a game of the year in 2022, earned nearly $5 million of net revenue in its first month in the stores, according to our estimates. And that's net, meaning what EA got to keep after paying Apple and Google their fees. That total grew a bit to $5.5 million in June, but went on to decline every month after. It ended 2022 with about half the revenue and a very negative trend. In 2022, Apex Legends earned an estimated $29 million of net revenue. Call of Duty Mobile earns that in an average month. In other words, it just didn't work out. Which is an interesting and also important development for mobile games in my opinion. In the last few years, big studios have been perfecting their monetization strategies with some managing to squeeze more while others just annoying players. What's also interesting is the speed at which this cancellation is happening EA is removing the game from both the App Store and Google Play immediately and disabled new purchases on the same day of the announcement. While abrupt, this move can be seen as really the other end of optimizing pricing. Ending a project is hard, but when the numbers just don't work out and there are other opportunities, this is kind of a logical choice. When you're evaluating your own apps and games, make sure you always look at the market and the competition. You might be seeing growth, but competitors are growing faster or the opposite hopefully the opposite, but it's important to keep track of all these things. The next insight also comes from an announcement. Earlier this week, Paramount announced it will be merging its flagship streaming service, Paramount Plus, with Showtime and renaming the resulting app, Drumroll, Paramount Plus with Showtime. Yuck for the name, but as a business move, this is a very interesting one that changes the kind of programming that the app offers from just on-demand titles to what's known in the TV industry as linear content. Now, I had to look up linear content, but in case you're curious, linear content means shows that you have to wait to watch and you can't stream on demand. So kind of like old school TV. I covered the state of streaming apps a few weeks ago here and it showed Paramount Plus growing a lot in 2022, second place on the list, but it wasn't one of the most downloaded apps. Peacock won that race. But when we look beyond the downloads, we see a slightly different picture and that could be why the two are merging. Looking beyond the downloads to me means revenue, a metric that grounds growth. Paramount Plus and Peacock have been locked in competition since the two got into streaming, but while Peacock has the upper hand when it comes to downloads, Paramount seems to be able to monetize its users much better. In part, this has to do with Peacock's free tier, but that's not as lucrative these days. In terms of revenue, Paramount ended 2022 with $146 million in net revenue and Peacock with 148. More, yes, but... When you bring downloads into the equation, everything flips. Paramount Plus is monetizing twice as many users, or if we look at it from a pure revenue standpoint, is able to get twice as much money from each of its users. That's massive. So how is this relevant to the merger? Easy. Merging an old fashioned stream of TV content will give users more reason to download Paramount Plus. And with its ability to monetize better, every download counts. Unlike Cable, where channels come in bundles and both Paramount and NBC are likely in the same bundle and competing for viewership, having to pay per app means a paying user of Paramount Plus is more likely not to be a paying user of Peacock. That's important. So good for the bottom line and good for hurting the competition. Sounds like a win-win to me. I just really hope they rethink the name. From a pure marketing perspective, such a long name won't give Paramount a lot of opportunity for ASO. Just something to keep in mind. And last for this week, home automation, or being able to turn your lights on from your phone, is quickly becoming mainstream. And I say that not because the leader, Samsung SmartThings, was downloaded by 12 million people last year, but rather because a much smaller competitor also grew a lot last year. That competitor is Home Assistant. Home Assistant is one of my favorite new apps platforms. And I've been turning my lights on from my phone for many, many, many years now. Too many to admit and I've seen the entire field evolve, both the hardware and the software around it. Unlike popular solutions like SmartThings, which is the market leader by far, and you can see it by the downloads, Home Assistant is kind of like the Android version of home automation. It's open source, community driven, works with a variety of integrations, and it's not proprietary. Home Assistant ended Q4 of 2022 with 156,000 estimated downloads, its highest quarter of downloads ever. When compared to q1 of 2020 quarterly downloads grew 122 percent nearly half a million people downloaded home assistant in 2022 and for an open source solution that requires a bit of tinkering that's great news for the industry at large that means there's more interest in home automation and things are becoming so much simpler home automation is something apple supports but so far hasn't really led in any way and i've been waiting for that the homepod and apple tv are both great solutions that can lead the way but Apple's very proprietary platform and lack of interoperability with existing solutions and protocols is a huge blocker for adoption. I expect and hope that will change in the future. Do You're a smart home. What do you use? Leave a comment below. Let me know. And that's all I have for you this week. I hope you've learned something new. If you did, please give the episode a like. And if you're curious about non-native versus native frameworks and you want to see which one is winning, it's not React Native. It's also not Flutter. Check out last week's video for more details. I'll see you next week.